Gregory Shadwick is a creative director at the highly acclaimed and highly envied 72 and Sunny. They're located over in Los Angeles, if you didn't know. His career path may resonate with recent graduates, where he talks about the misdirection he had amid the 2008 recession. There are many parallels and lessons to what we are experiencing with the pandemic at the moment. I will hint that Gregory found himself flourishing in creativity during his unemployment by teaming up with like-minded friends. Their innate desire to create led Gregory to help art direct a music video that I still love today. Suit and Tie featuring Jay-Z off Justin Timberlake's 2020 Experience studio album back in 2013. Yes, we'll talk about that. All our careers are a mystery. So Gregory tells us rather than making an exact five-year plan, follow what's interesting. Follow what will push you and excite you and just say yes to things. So to connect with Gregory and to see his handpick recommended resources just for you, head to our Instagram at enteringad. One more time, that's at enteringad. Also, this episode is supported by Chicago Portfolio School. Head over to chicagoportfolio.com to learn about them and how they've helped countless aspiring creatives break into the industry. Now, on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Gregory Shadwick, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing today? My pleasure. Doing good, man. Thanks for thanks for inviting me on. This is going to be a fun one. You are a creative director at 72 and Sunny. 72 and Sunny, that's right. What a beautiful name, beautiful agency, great work. I know a lot of people, a lot of our audience is obsessed with you guys. So tell us about what you do and who you are. Who is Gregory Shadwick? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, as you said, I'm a creative director over there. I've been there, um, I guess, coming up on maybe five years now, four or five years. Um, and uh, I, I've done a ton of work uh, at my time at 72, uh, doing work for Google, uh, Uber, and uh, lately kind of the Marriott International, which is this massive kind of hotel uh, conglomerates and helping them kind of get through the pandemic. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that everybody's a big fan of the agency. I think it's a pretty remarkable place. I know it's, uh, it's been good to me and, uh, you know, I, I it's I, every day I kind of go there. It still hasn't lost its magic. So yeah. I'm still, uh, still, still as enamored with it as you guys are awesome. as someone who's lucky enough to work there well five years is a good amount of time in our agency world so it means a lot obviously and um tell us about what are you working on now are we allowed to talk about it or no, i can't talk about what i'm working on now but um but yeah i think uh, a, a lot of the work that i've done uh throughout my career has kind of been at this kind of intersection of like technology uh marketing and and kind of culture um so hence why i've um you know, have a, since I've been at 72, done a lot of Google work, done a lot of Uber um, work. Um, so that's kind of been my forte and kind of this 
as I've gone through my path in, in this industry, kind of uh, wound up with those being things that I've, I've kind of specialized in a little bit and focused yeah. on. Gotcha. Now, do you get typecasted as in later in your career when you specialize? Is that kind of just how it goes? And is it what you prefer? You know, I some people in some things I, I know that you can. Um, I know that there are, are a lot of people who do like automotive advertising and that be kind of becomes their calling card and they get really, really good at it and they know all the nuances of it. Mm-hmm. With the the tech, especially like the the tech and the hardware world, um, particularly the hardware world when you're talking about phones or laptops or iPads or things like that. There's a, a, some very specific, you know, details and nuances that you need to know when making work. But um, I think as you just kind of get those things under your belt and you understand them and, and learn how to work with them, it becomes something that you you know and and you understand that world, and it becomes uh, you know easier to navigate and get your ideas out, you know, sharper, quicker, better. So um, I would say that it's typecasting, but I think uh, you know as you kind of work on different clients and different industries and different sectors you kind of like pick up on these little things and the more you do it the better you get at those so um, it, it makes it easier to kind of like jump from one you know type of client in that world to the next well tech's a good one um to be good at for sure yeah it's always, it's always growing what's one like niche that you wish looking back you should you would would have specialized in more so or oh, kinda like, you kind of go man i kind of wish i was working on that <laughs> yeah that, that industry you know it's wild it is such a wild time uh to be doing this job in the world right now because i think this what's so interesting about this question is that things are changing so fast um and things are moving so fast that I think it's. I think some of the the answers that I would give you might be industries that like might not even be around anymore in their current incarnation. You know, it, like, and also some of the things that are so exciting are entirely new uh, industries that have popped up. I think some things that like I, I find personally interesting right now is, um, you know, particularly here in California, other parts of the world. The cannabis industry has become is starting. It's like right on the precipice of becoming this massive. Uh, you know, industry that's going to, you know, as if the trend continues, uh, become something that more and more is going to be readily available in every state. Um, and then in other parts in the, the globe, I think that's a really kind of fascinating thing that's going to be popping up that if I were a young person looking at like, oh, what are some industries that are going to be doing something? That's something that is, is, is just in such a just like genesis stage right now. Interesting. I think I think another thing is um, in the food world, you're seeing lots of really interesting things, particularly with like the advent of these new kind of like you know lab quote unquote lab grown meats. Oh, That's yeah. like you know um, I think Beyond's like one example of that. There's a bu- better better burgers things like that. Mm-hmm. There's a really fascinating thing that's starting to happen there with that industry that is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. Um, and it's starting to kind of creep its way in there to all these places. But if you were young and you kind of could kind of edge your way into that and see things happening, it's going to be changing that all these nuances that I'm talking about that like people who've worked in automotive or people who've worked in tech, all those nuances are waiting to be discovered. Right. And for a young person to like get into stuff with that and, and kind of understand the ins and outs of it, 
um, just makes you something, it just gives you that like, just kind of unique edge of this person has experience in this thing that is a wildly booming market. So interesting. So now I'm a college student. Let's, yeah. let's, let's put ourselves in the perspective of a college student. If I was a college student right now, I would look at those big brands, maybe, you know, create spec work. That's interesting for those brands. We're talking about creative here. We're talking about copywriting or art direction and also probably researching those nuances what are what are the laws in my state what are the what what is the future looking like what's the data say because yeah. you can speak knowledgeably on that and you have that creative direction under your belt you're gonna ace those interviews right? yeah i mean it's it, i think it's i think it's really fascinating too because uh you know i i think for young people this is like the greatest time to be young creative it's also the worst time to be young creative it's sure. the greatest the greatest in that like <laughs> you and you have all these amazing tools that you are just are your world that there are things that you've created there you know whether it's technology whether social media it's things that are that that this younger kind of people coming out of college innately know and understand and how to use and and, and as much as possible and if you pair that knowledge with a brand or a company or whatever that's just kind of like starting to find its way and it's in its infancy you essentially can write some of those rules. You can essentially make up uh, the roadmap for how to successfully, um, you know, kind of bring these brands into popular consciousness. And I think that's a really, that's a really interesting place to be in. Now, what sucks is that you're also kind of interested in entering the industry at a time where um, it's, it's harder to e than ever to find like, just really good training and really good kind of people who can kind of show you some of the old rules and kind of teach you the, the craft of that in a way that can be applied to the, the, where we're headed now. Um, I, you know, I was super lucky kind of coming up. There were a lot of people um, who took the time to kind of show me things I, I was, I, I was very fortunate to have a lot of great people that I worked under who took that time to kind of show me things and explain things uh, in a way and really kind of allowed me to develop my craft and in a way where I was able to fail, I was able to kind of, uh, you know, screw things up, uh, but really at the same time, like drill home these fundamentals that, you know, I've carried with me throughout this career. So yeah, I think that's like both the like blessing of, and curse of people who are, you know, coming out of school right now. Um, you know, it's so amazing, but it's also so difficult at the same time. There's this incredible change and incredible new things that are happening, but that also creates this lack of certainty and it can be a little bit kind of a, an abyss of trying to get your way in. So, mm -hmm. um, so I think like, you know, it's, it's, it's a, something that like, I think people coming out, you know, of, of portfolio school and whatnot, um, or wherever it is or whatever they're doing, mm -hmm. um, try, you know, try and see the world in that way, because there's some really interesting opportunities that you guys will have. Yeah, love that. So you said you had a lot of good mentors when you were just starting out. So let's kick it back to how you started because you were at Mizzou. You were what did you study at Mizzou? You were journalism? Yeah, so I started out in journalism. And um, I, I got into that surely because I, I, you know, was a good writer and I'd always kind of been making things my whole life. So for me, just kind of saying, all right, well, I know, I know how to do things. I know how to build things. I know how to make things. 
um, and I'm a, a solid writer. Let me just try my hand at that. And uh, it was going great up until um, you know about halfway through my time in college, and I started to see that the industry of journalism just absolutely collapsing. Sure. Um, and they're just the the digital revolution was kind of coming in. Papers were kind of just losing all this revenue. They were folding, reducing numbers and staff. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of opportunities out there. And some of the opportunities that were out there for journalists, like I had, I had some friends who were photojournalists and like, you know, to go out and make a name for themselves, they literally had to like go over to Iraq or something right. like that and kind of really take these, um, you know, high risk, um, gigs. So I, all that kind of came together and I thought, well, man, I, I better hedge my bets, uh, because I don't know if there's going to be an industry coming out of school of, of journalism, right? I don't know what it's going to look like. And, uh, but I, I know that I love writing. I know that I've got this like ability to just make things. Um, so I, I kind of veered and took a couple, uh, uh, ad courses and, um, got out of school and, um, was very, very fortunate enough, um, that there was a company called core, um, which was, uh, at the time, kind of this, I guess I would call it like a, a design, production, art um, uh, studio that was doing a lot of like venture capital funded projects um, that were just very fascinating that really rode that line between marketing and technology um, and culture. And uh, they started out as uh, as a kind of semi-typical agency design studio, but then they kind of shifted their way into being um, this kind of like new model of what a marketing and, and culture agency could be. And they brought me on and I was just kind of like, didn't have any idea what I was doing, but um, I think they thought I could kind of write. And they were mm -hmm. like, we can kind of use this guy to write some treatments and... He seems kind of interesting. He's a little bit weird, but uh, like, let's just see what happens and maybe we'll fire him in a week. Um, but I got in there and I, I was there and it was one of the most amazing, just one of the just purest growth times in my life. Um, and got to work on all these really fascinating, interesting projects. Again, that kind of rode the line of what is culture, what is marketing, what is technology, where these all these things kind of come together, and it was great and amazing. And then 2008 came, oh. and uh, yep. like so many of you know my my colleagues, uh, just took the legs out of everything, right. And um, all the, the, you know, the place had a lot of like you know venture capital investments behind it that just immediately the spigot shut off, and uh, it just couldn't hold itself up. It was too small, and um, you know wasn't part of like a big network or anything, and so it shut down. And that led me into this kind of uh, what I just call like my like roam, roaming the earth years of creativity, okay. which were uh, wildly fruitful. Um, on a personal creative level and wildly unfruitful on a personal economic level. Okay. Um, okay. Because I was, do I took, you know, I, I'd been working at this, uh, you know, amazing studio for a while, making all these great things, making all these great friends who were just these wildly creative people um, just in their own right. 
So I had this kind of network of people who all of us finally, you know, suddenly found ourselves without any work or anything to do. And um, so we, but we had a lot of time on our hands that we had each other. And, you know, for us, it was this kind of this moment of like, well, we can either just kind of like sit around all day uh, trying to do job interviews, or we can just try and make things that we've always wanted to make. Wow. And that period uh, led to a lot of just experimenting, you know, trying to make apps, trying to, um, you know, do art uh, I, and trying to do just, you know, film and video productions. And uh, me and a couple of my colleagues got really into making music videos. And, uh, you know, we would go and we'd make these things and um, we would do them for anybody. It would be small artists, big artists, people who had money, people had no budget. Um, Mm -hmm. But we were really just trying to just be as creative as possible with whatever we had on hand. And I I love that. I I still to this day, uh, I I love music videos with a passion because it is almost this like, it's the exact same tools and it's the exact same muscles that you use when making a campaign. Okay. You've got... You've got to, you've got a, a certain amount of time, whatever that length of that song is, you've got to um, figure out uh, like some kind of message that you want to get across in this time period. And you have to do so in the most visceral, impactful way possible. And that was a really great training ground for everything that I would do in marketing and advertising afterwards, because I really kind of, um, in my work and, 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 you know, sometimes you can see it. I always try and find this kind of connection between like visceral guttural and intellectual things kind of coming together. And that, that for me is what I get really excited by when you've got something that just like, is so graphically interesting. And then at the same time, there's a message that's just like, just so fascinating or a story that's being told that's fascinating and all that kind of comes together um, in just a really powerful way. I, I, I still get stoked about that. Um, and it, it's something that just like is the most, one of the most joyful things in the world to me. Um, Interesting. I've never heard the connection between making music videos and how that compares to making campaigns. So that's really, I like that so, a lot. So many great directors and especially directors who, you know, will shoot ads. So many of them got their start in music videos because Usually there's like a $5,000 budget. There's not a lot of money, maybe $50,000 if it's like a pretty good artist. Sometimes if it's a really big artist, there's more. Um, But it's kind of low stakes. Uh, It's generally kind of like a collaboration between if there's a label, you, the label, and the artist. Um, But really these artists, like they'll either have a vision of what they want to try and do, or they're just like, give me the raddest thing possible for my song. And I'll tell you if it's cool or not. And so it, it, it is that same kind of dynamic of like, there's still a client. It's either an artist or a yeah. label. Yeah. You're still pitching them the idea sure. to get them to fund the making of it and so on and so forth. So there's so many parallels there. And you see a lot of directors who come from that because I think, with music videos, it's there's condensed storytelling that has to happen. Of course. And if there's any truth about the reality that we're living in is that you have a matter of seconds to hook somebody, if even that, and keep their attention locked. 
And I think a lot of great directors who are also great directors for advertising and also creatives, um, you know, kind of have been in the orbit of those worlds because it is about just finding that super potent, super undistilled, um, uh, you know, just imagery that can kind of hit you or speak to you as quickly as possible. So you were doing this, you, you were doing this with your friends in 2008 and you didn't really have a full-time career at this time. You're just, I was, what you... I was just kind of trying to scrounge whatever money I could. I would do freelancing. Right. Um, I did a couple of short stints at, um, you know, just with just anybody who would kind of pay me at that point. So did any um, of that catch fire then? Did you, did any? Well, it did, you know, the, a lot of the work that I was doing, um, with these music videos, um, it, I had kind of gotten to know um, Justin Timberlake's creative directors, and I had done some work with them in the past. And, um, you know, they'd seen kind of some of the stuff that I was doing. They, you know, we both just happened to be kind of in LA at the time. They called me up and they're like, hey, Justin's about to do a couple big things. Why don't you come in and talk with us about stuff? And I was like, okay, that's cool. Let's, wow. What's going on with this? So, um, so the first thing that came out of that was um, they he was about to release a 2020 experience um, and he had some ideas of how to bring that together and they just needed help. They need someone to kind of help write treatments, develop ideas, develop music video ideas um, for the launch of that. So um, I came out and helped them with that a little bit and we did uh, some work on the suit and tie music video, um, nice. which came out of that, which I got to, to help creative direct. and. That was uh, that was pretty amazing. David Fincher shot that, so it was kind of like you know this dream of having this amazing director kind of come in. He did it as a favor to Justin because he had just done the social net for work for him, and it was just this really, wow. really awesome experience to kind of help um, develop all that. Um, and at the same time, uh, Justin had just kind of like bought a stake in what was MySpace at the time. Sure. And uh, he wanted his creative teams, these two guys uh, that I was working for at the time, to like make sure that his kind of imprint was there on the kind of relaunch of that network, as, of that social network as well. What year was this? This was, gosh, 20... Man, it must have been around like 2010 or 2011-ish, 2012. Okay. Sure. That's that that time in my life was such a blur because there was so many things happening. Yeah. And you know, um, it wasn't like I was kind of regularly working regular jobs. It was just kind of all these things that would come along. Sure. And um, so um, so we went in there and um, you know, just started making content and marketing and just shooting a lot of stuff to just kind of uh, uh, you know take this network, which was kind of like treading water at the time, if not, you know, almost forgotten and just do this crazy idea of trying to like unsink the Titanic. Sure. Um, and it was wild. It was so much fun. And um, there's so many crazy things that were happening. Um, and it ultimately did not work at all, <laughs> which okay. I think is evidenced by the lack of MySpace being around. But what sure. that did was I was doing so much work there um with music and um you know the the content and the promotions that we were doing were great and i was still um kind of making music videos um on my own as well and some of that work uh caught the eye of a recruiter at media arts lab 
wow. which um, is Apple's dedicated agency. Steve Jobs started it when he went down to Lee Cloud back in the day and was like, I'm going to be doing some revolutionary stuff. I want an agency that's only there for me. I want you to break off uh, a chunk of TBWA and make it its own thing, its own building. Like I want, I want Steve Jobs wants his agency, so give it to you. So they made it for him. Mm-hmm. And that became Media Arts Lab. And uh, at the time um, when they had contacted me, um, there was a recruiter there had seen a bunch of my music video work and brought me in because they were starting uh, at, at that point to kind of work on what was to become of music with Apple. Um, and figuring out at that time, iTunes was like pretty old and was not kind of working as well as it should. Streaming was starting to take over. Spotify was starting to make an imprint in there. And um, they were, they had been working on the background on just having this huge shift to what now has become Apple music. Yep. And uh, so all of this stuff that I'd been doing perfectly set me up to kind of come in and help with that because I'd spent my, you know, the good part of, you know, six, seven years doing just that. And as I told you before, you know, like the, the, the notion of concepting a music video and pitching a music video is so similar to pitching any type of campaign that it was just kind of a really smooth transition going into that world. Um, and uh, I was, you know, I got there and started to work on that and it was great. And then other projects kind of came along and, and, you know, what was so amazing about that is I was able to take what I had learn and do but then at the same time i got there and i was learning so much about technology and the marketing of tech specifically hardware and software and um just learned a crazy amount of of things about how to do that from you know at what i think is you know one of the greatest agencies in the world um and for one of the greatest marketers in the world um you know still to this day so it was a pretty amazing time and I was super privileged and super lucky to kind of take this circuitous path of just kind of just trying stuff, you know, just like trying to, to be creative, trying to kind of explore things that I was into um, to make things because that made me happy. But then it just kind of wound its way into these gigs that, um, you know, led me to where I am. So um so it was a, it was a, a, a not a, a traditional path that most people go through. I didn't, you know, I, I, um, uh, I, I didn't go to portfolio school. I would have loved to. I think portfolio school is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it kind of just didn't work out that way. And I didn't kind of like jump into the, the big agency world right away. I kind of came later than most people did. And, um, but I think all that stuff kind of, uh, you know, I just always had this mentality of just saying yes to whatever kind of interesting thing came along. I didn't worry so much about, you know, was there gonna be money with it? Was I gonna be able to like make things happen? Um, because fortunately I was like very young and able to, I, you know, didn't have much that I needed to worry about. So, um, so just saying yes to all these things kind of just led me in this way where, you know, I got to where I am now, so. I, I this is incredible and I, I can't help but because I wrote down, I, I keep thinking back to it was 2008, which, yeah. which forced you to, you know, meet up with your friends and co- come up with these creative ideas and kind of just 
sit around and think all day. And that really kind of connects with like the COVID and 2020 yeah. when I graduated in 2021 still today, like the job market's still tough. I know. So it's crazy. Today, I mean, it's pretty I, similar. I, it is, it is, it is strikingly similar. I will say, um, you know, I, it is it is much harder now. I think COVID um, exacerbates so many things, and I, I really feel for it for young people kind of coming out right now because, at least back then, we were able to get together and we were able to kind of do things in a way and not have to worry. And I think COVID made it so hard because you just couldn't collaborate, you know, in that way that we were able to afford. Now, what's amazing is all these other technologies came out, like being able to, you know, have conversations like we're having now. And it opened up so many other things to being able to just kind of work with anyone in the world at any time. So I think there was some great stuff that came out with that, but um, I think there was such a learning curve that by the time everybody figured it out, it was like a couple months into it. So I think the parallels, you're absolutely right. I think there are tons of parallels. I think um, it's definitely harder now. Um, but, uh, you know, all that is to say is that even, even with that, even with that kind of, you know, trying to figure stuff out, I think we always just, you know, have this kind of like, um, you can bleep this out, but just kind of this like fuck it attitude of like F it. Let's just, you know, let's just try and do something because what else is there to do? What else, what do we have to lose? You know, we're already in like the worst situation uh, imaginable. They had, you know, in 2008, it was like there hadn't, it was the worst recession since like the great depression, you know? And um, so we're like, it, like no, no matter what we do, it's not going to get any worse than this for the most part. So I think, um, you know, if, if there's one thing that I can, um, you know, say, especially to, like people getting out, is like give yourself some credit, uh, especially right now. Um, it can be really, really hard, um, especially when things, you know, like this industry is is such a roller coaster. It's like highs and lows. It's feast or famines. You're up, you're down. There's twists and turns and all sorts of unexpected stuff. But you give yourself some credit because some of these things just take time and take kind of perseverance and they take just trying things out and experimenting and, and seeing different things. And, um, you know, it's, it's not going to like, things aren't going to happen all at once, especially now. Now there may be like in a couple of years or two or a couple of months or whatever, like sometimes things just happen and boom, you know, here we are on this rocket ship and everything's happening all at once. And there's people are hiring left and right. And you don't, mm. you know, all these great things start to happen, but, um, you got to give yourself some credit. Um, I think it's, it's especially hard for young people now because you have these, all these amazing things, all these amazing technologies and social media that, that you have access to. But also, you know, there's this kind of permeating on social media is this like hustle culture, this like grind culture, you know, which is I call it like the hustle porn uh, mindset out there that's just like, if you're not, if you don't own three houses by the time you're 30, if you haven't, you know, become a billionaire off crypto, if you mm -hmm. haven't done this or that, like, what are you doing? And um, I think if I if that would have been around in 2008, I think I would have just been crushed by it and mentally would have just been in a swirl because it's just it's it's there and it's kind of making you feel inadequate. Um, but it's also something that 
it's just not the way the world generally works that some of those people may have been lucky like that. Maybe they do have 30 houses by 30. I don't know. Maybe their Dogecoin exploded. I, I don't know. I didn't buy it. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, so, but yeah. I, what I will say is that like, um, you know, don't like, you, you gotta like tune that stuff out and you just gotta like, you gotta follow whatever, whatever, whatever path you need to do, um, to kind of get there and you gotta give yourself time. Mm -hmm. Um, if you don't do that, it's just too much. You know, I always like tell people that it kind of takes 10 years to get really good at this job. Um, wow. and, and I say that because there are, you know, when you first start out, like you suck, you mm -hmm. just, I mean, there might be some prodigies out there. Let me not generalize, yeah. but like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't great. I wasn't amazing. You know, I had like a few paltry skills that I could use and, um, you're going to mess up when you're starting out. You're going to get fired from jobs. You're going to be laid off for no reason of anything that you did because a once in a lifetime pandemic shows up, you know? True. And, um, you know, there'll be times when you'll feel like you're stranded in a gig or like you're totally washed up. I mean, every everybody has these feelings. And I think you just need to understand that it takes time to kind of get past this. I think like imposter syndrome is a lot of things that people talk about sometimes that True. Um, everyone feels that at every point in their career. So if you're feeling it young, don't worry. It's okay. Just know that give it time and keep trying and you eventually kind of get over things. You learn all these nuances. You learn all these little details um, about how to present an idea, how to succinctly write an idea, how to put it together visually, how to present it to your CDs, how to present it to clients in a way that once you learn those things and practice those and do those a bajillion times, roughly in my case, 10 years ish. Sure. Um, then you get really good at it. And then you have this like feeling of, of like, okay, we could do anything with this or I can, mm -hmm. I can do anything. And, and you start to like find your footing. And that said, there are days when I still feel like what the hell am I doing here? I don't deserve, I am totally not the right person for this. Uh, but then I, ha I look back on all those things that I've done and learned and tried and you quickly get over that so much faster. So I just say, you know, really give your guys self some credit. Give yourself some time. Give yourself some breathing room um, because it, it, it while the world is moving super fast, like sometimes it just takes some patience and um, I can't I can't stress that enough. Yeah, it takes time. And it, we like hearing that from your perspective. You know, it, it, it does take time, you know, even 10 years. Like, so don't stress the day to day so much. Just trust the process. Just trust it. it. Just trust yeah. it. I, I, I also, you know, one thing that I think is if there's anything I learned from my kind of wandering years, um, and I think that as this board is just like say yes to as much as you can starting out. Um, you know, you. If, if there's something that seems remotely interesting, you just just try it out and just see, you know, it, 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 you know, if it, that might be like a job that might be like something that like, you know, working on a, pro a side project with a friend or whatever, or, you know, you meet somebody and they've got some interesting idea and you're like, oh, maybe like try and say yes to whatever you can, you know, and it, it you know starting out, you don't have a ton of money. You might have a bunch of debt, like don't do anything that's going to like hurt you financially, sure. but if if you can find time or energy, which you have a lot of when you're young and yeah, you know, um, try and say yes 
to so many things and you'll be amazed at what that will lead to. I think that was kind of like one of the things that I learned when I, you know, was kind of in these years of just trying to do things and see people and meet things. And, um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's, you know, like I never really had this five year plan that some people have, you know, like, what do you want for your future? I was like, I don't know. I just want to do things that excite me and feel good. And, Mm-hmm. Um, that lead me, you know, and who knows what happens after that. But if I can, if I can do that and constantly be putting myself in situations where I'm around people like that, then, mm. um, you know, who knows? That's refreshing. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I think that's a super important thing. Another thing that I think is, that goes along with that is when you're starting out, just try and make as much as you can. Yes. Uh, I'm sure your teachers are telling you this and, and, you know, you're super fortunate that you have these projects that they're giving you. And, Mm. uh, but I, I have a thing for myself where like every day I just try and do like one thing that I'm proud of. Like the reality of this job is some days you're working it, you're grinding at the end of the day, you're like, Holy crap. What did I just do? I don't even like, what did I have to show for today? Yeah. But I think one thing that you can do is always try and do one thing a day that you've made something that you're just kind of stoked about. Sometimes for me, that's just like an email that I wrote. And I'm just like, man, that email, chef's kiss. Just great. I'm so stoked at what that was. The rest of the day was a total disaster. But like, I got this one thing. Good email. Yeah, it was a good damn email. And I flexed my my creative muscle on it, and that's great. You know, like it's a thing. I so, th- this is not a term that's my own. Some I don't know who says something. So, it's like a thing called like no zero days. What's and a zero a, a zero day is like a day when you feel like at the end of the day where you like have contributed absolutely nothing. Mm. Uh, we're just like, oh my god, I just like you know, it might be a day where you're just kind of. And I, I had a bunch of these, you know, when I was kind of unemployed and. Um, you know, you have these days, you're just like, what am I doing? Like, what is happening? And then you look at the clock and suddenly it's like seven o'clock at night already. And sure. you're like still in your pajamas, you know, mm-hmm. like eating, eating Fruit Loops out of a, you know, a, a, the bag, you know? So, um, but I, it, it's this idea that like always try and do something where you're just contributing something to the universe, mm-hmm. no matter how small it is, because that, that, that builds that habit. You know, you might have a day where you do absolutely nothing, but maybe there's like one thing that you did that you made or you created um, that it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the rest of that day totally was fine. It may have led you to that idea or that insight or the thing. And it can be super small. It can be like writing a single sentence. It can be writing like a rough idea for something that you're interested in. But try and always do that because getting in that habit, I think, is uh, something I think is really important. It's about this idea of kind of finding flow. And like mm-hmm. mental and creative flow. And I don't know if you guys talk about that, but it's this idea of like very quickly learning to like flex this muscle of getting in this state of just making and being yeah. like hyper-focused on things, which in this day and age, I think is super important because there's so many distractions and so many incredible things. I mean, like me personally, mm-hmm. I could sit and watch streaming shows all day long endlessly and just be totally stoked by that mm-hmm. i could 
I don't know. I'm just as like hooked on TikTok as anybody else. You know, like all these, there's all these things that are like grappling for your attention. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm inherently like, I'm inherently just like pulled into those things. I, I've mm-hmm. like, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's ADD, but like I, I, I my intention span is like that of a, a gnat. So mm-hmm. I really had to kind of like work hard to like exercise that idea of just like flow, just like getting into a state where, you mentally can kind of just let yourself go. I love that. Yeah. I love getting in that state. And I was actually trying to do that a couple nights ago with my roommates who are in business and finance. And I got them into this flow. Like you're talking about, we had the whiteboard yeah. out and we were trying to write a stand-up comedy routine, a five-minute set. Yes. And it was just so fun to like get them in on it. And we did that for like 30, 40 minutes. And then after I was like, I felt great, like refreshed and like you're, you can feel it like physically. You can feel it. It is, it is, there's something about, um, there's something, and I think that's why people who have this job, uh, no matter how hard it gets and crazy it is and insane it is, I think that at act of like creating stuff, there's something so cathartic about it and it is such a release. And like you said, you get in that zone and in a very like short amount of time, you kind of like look up and you come out of it and you're like, whoa, look at all this stuff I did. Now, again, it may be absolute crap, sure, but you've got something there to work with to start. Another another really good trick is um, like the 10, 10 minute trick. What's that? And it's uh, this is a great practice when you're like starting out, you're trying to really work that month, that like flow finding muscle mm-hmm. is you just set a timer and you're like, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to do one thing for 10 minutes. I don't care what happens. I don't care like what the result of it is, but like I want to try and do something and it may be just like writing. This is a great thing to do after like you get briefed, by the way. Interesting. You get briefed on a project. You got all these thoughts. So just set a timer for 10 minutes and just bang your fingers on the keyboard or pull up Photoshop and just kind of like just let just get all the ideas, just like vomit them out for 10 minutes and don't do anything else during that time period. And if you, there's something about the psychological act of forcing yourself to do something for that time period that suddenly like your alarm goes off and you're like, oh wait, let me just keep going for like another few more minutes. Yeah. And suddenly there you are, like you were saying the other night, 45 minutes later, and you just kind of like got all these rough thoughts out. Yeah. And if you can kind of segment your working in that way, or if you're feeling stuck, or if you don't, you know, if you don't know where to go, you can do that with anything. It can be like brainstorming with your partner, just like. Hit that button and you're not going to do anything. You're not going to look at your phones. You're not going to look at your laptops. You're just going to sit there and just like riff. Love it. And uh, it's a really great technique to getting into that flow state and getting into that, you know, free of distractions and just giving yourself that ability because it's achievable. Like anybody can, you know, even in this day and age, you know, anyone can stay relatively focused for a 10 minute period. Exactly. Um, and, and that's why I say it kind of goes back to like, try and find ways to make it easy on yourself. Like, um, you know, you, you can work really hard and get to things, or you can try and find ways to like be super lazy and easy and, and, and make it easier for yourself to kind of get to these, these things. Cause I think, you know, it's hard to kind of just like pluck things out of the air. Sometimes it works that way. Sometimes ideas just kind of reveal themselves to you, mm-hmm. but um, more often than not, they only reveal themselves after you've really thought about something for a long time and you've like kind of put the work in and then suddenly like 
whatever the alchemy of creativity happens, you just like pluck something out of the air and you're like, oh my God, there it is. That's mm -hmm. the idea I was looking for. You have, you have to put that work in the beginning. You got to do that work. Yes. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, so I think that's like, that's a really good thing. And I, I could talk about that all day. I mean, there's all sorts of techniques from just mm -hmm. like, you know, that you can get into that. But, um, mm -hmm. and then this is that just to, you know, kind of to bank off what you were just talking about um and you, you're doing this like when you talk about just being with your friends and just kind of like riffing on comedy self uh, ideas but like surround yourself as much as you can surround yourself with people who want to make things yeah and it doesn't necessarily when you when you're young and you're in school and you're starting out it, it you know it, it I'd be, it's great that you're going to portfolio school because you've got this you know this this group of beings that all mm -hmm want to make things you know so that's amazing you've already got like a leg up on it it doesn't have to be uh, and if, if you're not in portfolio school or if you find yourself once you graduate portfolio school just in it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be ad people it could be music people it can be people interested in doing tv stuff comedy books starting a business um it could be any of these things but surround yourself with people who are, want to or are interested in making things it doesn't have to be like they have this grand idea but when you're around people who are inherently makers, I, I believe they're they're kind of fundamentally different people. I think anybody can be a, a maker or creative, but there's a mindset that you have to be in to get to that space where you see the world as a place where you need to make things, not just necessarily like sit back and just consume things. Sure. And I think you find that um, when you're around, and, and, and not to say like one is a better way to live or not, but um, when you're around people who kind of have that, like the world is a place to be consumed mindset, um, you know, things just kind of like happen. They don't make things happen necessarily. And, um, that may be like an overly broad generalization, but I think when you're around people who are constantly wanting to make things, you kind of get like hooked into that. And you've got this like whole world of people that you can kind of go to and be like, Hey, I want to try and make something or I've got this idea or I've got this thing or, Hey, can you help me out with this? And you've got this kind of network, this team of people, much like you have it at portfolio school mm -hmm. um, that you can kind of bank on to do things with. Yeah. And it just becomes a lot easier to get, again, it's like, if it's all about kind of getting your ideas out there and, and finding a way to, to manifest them, having a group of people who are in that same mindset, just makes it easier on yourself to, to do that. I love it. Yeah, you just gotta find those people wherever they're at. They, they can be your close friends. They can be, you know, classmates. Whoever yeah. they are, whoever they out. are. And and I, I think it's amazing too because then that becomes like your network of people, and mm -hmm. um, you do things and you experiment with things together. You know, it's it's low stakes most of the time. So if it mm -hmm. like epically fails, no sweat. You know, yeah. you, you move a, on to the high ceiling on it. It can go really well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so it's, it's just kind of a good thing to, to do and, and, you know, try and seek out and you guys are super lucky, you know, Chicago portfolio school is great. And I think mm -hmm. you guys are lucky to have that there and, and take advantage. So I'd say just like try and take advantage of the fact that like you're already in this space mm -hmm. of all these makers and doers and people who want to kind of, um, you know, go out and make things happen. So try and just kind of like maximize that as much as possible. Perfect. Thank you. All right. I, I think this has been 
fantastic advice and you're super wise and we appreciate your perspective um can we reach out to you can students that are listening yeah wherever you may be at uh, you're in la um what's your I'm, preferred method of reach out linkedin instagram do you have a website what do you prefer? yeah yeah i mean you can you get any of those any of those methods are are possible you know i think um linkedin's always you know so easy to get to people uh if I don't hit you up back right away, apologies. Uh, mm. But I will eventually. I promise. Um, you know, if you can check out my website and you know send me emails. Um, so any any of those are great. If you you know, Insta- Instagram, whatever, however you can find me, um, I promise I will eventually respond. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, well, that's all I got for you. This has been fantastic. Um, We'll have people reach out to you and we'll keep your resources. I don't know if you sent them to me yet, but I'll ask you for them. We'll post those on Instagram on our account at entering ad, but it's been great, Greg. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Gina. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. All right. Have a great day. Right on. Did you hear anything on this episode about a job you'd like to have someday soon in advertising strategy design? The kind of job where you use your brain and your creativity. If you did, chances are a portfolio can really help you get that job. That's where Chicago Portfolio School comes in. They have programs and classes that help you show off your thinking and get you the job you want. So visit them at chicagoportfolio.com. And if you drop my name, Gino, into the chat box, they'll send you more info and a cool Sharpie. Or just some more info. You can decide that. Thanks. Thank you all for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's guest. Make sure you go and connect with them on LinkedIn. Tell them that Breaking and Entering sent you. Now, thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio technician, and Buchan Zhang, our creative director, as well as the student team from the Midnight Oil Agency at the University of Illinois. Can't do it without you all. Thank you very much. We will see you all next week with another amazing guest.